Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Friday, February the 10th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you on this Friday, ready to break down the uh, slate. Jimmy Murphy will be along as well in just a little bit, uh, joining us as he does on Fridays. Uh, Excited to be with you. Uh, It's going to be a little different today. We're going to break down the four Friday games taking place tonight. We're also going to go ahead and look and start on the Saturday card, and we're going to break down the noon Eastern games for Saturday today on this show. So we will be doing the Vancouver-Detroit game, uh, New York Islanders-Montreal, Nashville-Philadelphia, Calgary-Buffalo, and Edmonton-Ottawa. All of those games that are taking place in the noon Eastern hour tomorrow, uh, we'll be looking at that. Uh, those games on the show today. And then on the noon Eastern Ice Guys show on Saturday, we will begin with the Tampa Bay and Dallas game, which is the first of the uh, ABC doubleheader uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So that's the schedule. And the reason for that is we want a little bit of a shorter show at noon Eastern tomorrow because we got a shit ton of games and a lot of them early. So that way the Saturday show won't be as long so that Alex and I can get a little bit of a break and a lunch break lunchtime if you will uh, in between the ice guys show and of course the start of our betcast tomorrow the ice guys super betcast which is now 24 hours away we're looking forward to it the response has been very good so far we've got a double digit number of people that have inquired about joining us on the betcast at some point either day or night uh, tomorrow uh, so we're excited about that. It's been a, a good reception early, and we, we're looking for even more because while we've got double-digit number of people, you never know. Maybe they're all going to hop on at the same time. You know, we're trying to get everything spaced out. You know, the, ideally, we want it, people on the stream and on the BetCast with us uh, throughout the entire uh, BetCast, either the early afternoon, the late afternoon, the early evening, later at night when the Pittsburgh, LA, Chicago, Winnipeg late game starts. So uh, that's what we're uh, optimally, that's what we're aiming for. So again, Saturday, two o'clock p.m. Eastern, the Ice Guys Super Betcast. We're looking forward to it. Live betting commentary. The beer delivery just arrived at the Casa de Cameron uh, an hour ago. Uh, we are ready uh, to uh, throw back more than a few pops tomorrow uh, during the uh, Betcast as well. So uh, again, if you want to join us on the Betcast, email Bobano. 350 at gmail.com that's bobano350 at gmail.com or you can dm me on twitter dm alex on twitter and we will make sure to send you the Streamyard link for the betcast before it begins and then you can join us anytime you want and it can be for five minutes it can be for five hours you know it's up to you uh, and certainly we're going to go longer uh, than five hours 2 p.m eastern all the way until the end of the penguins and kings game live betting commentary We're going to do some different things as well with some live bets. We've got some goal score props that I'll have a whole list of them for all the game. We're going to be betting goal score props on every game tomorrow. I've set aside money for my, uh, you know, serious bankroll, you know, the the live betting uh, fund, if you will, just for goal score props during the betcast tomorrow. So we're going to have a lot of fun with those uh, as well. And definitely looking forward to the first ever Ice Guys Super Betcast. Two first ervers. It's the first ever marathon, like 10-hour betcast that we've ever done. And it's the first one we've done on a Saturday. 
So I'm excited to see what kind of turnout we have, how many people are watching, how many people are joining us on the stream. Uh, you know, usually people are home on a weekend and usually the day before the Super Bowl, a lot of people are home. So uh, that gave us the uh, inclination in the first place to do this Super Betcast on Saturday, the day before the Super Bowl. So we're looking forward to it, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and we will get it rolling. Looking forward to what should be a fun and exciting Saturday doing the Betcast. Alex, I'm ready. I'm sure you're ready as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, as soon as this show ends, I will be heading out and getting my uh, pop and, and all my refreshments as well. And uh, yeah, looking forward to what's going to be a fun day. Like I said, it's just so strange how the NHL schedule is laid out like this. But like I said, it, you know, it, it makes total sense that you want to get these games in and, and these guys don't want to be playing on Sunday. They want to be enjoying the Super Bowl like the rest of us. So uh, I feel like the league kind of took that uh, upon them to, you know, Put in more games on Saturday. More, of course, it's always a big Saturday, but then have more of these early starts. And actually, you know, we're going to talk about a couple of those early games. There's some interesting kind of scheduling spots in a couple of those those games as a result of the early starts. Uh, and we'll, we'll kind of get into that. But I'm just looking forward to a fun day of just hockey, night and day wall to wall action, the way it should be, honestly, uh, on on a weekend. And it'll be fun to enjoy with all you guys. Yeah, definitely. We're looking forward to it. It's a, and it's a really nice card. There's a lot of good games, uh, you know, most teams in action. So we're excited about the uh, BetCast tomorrow. Again, email Bobano350 at gmail.com. If you want to join us on the BetCast, and I'll shoot you the link. Same thing, DM on Twitter uh, if you want to join us on the uh, BetCast tomorrow. Uh, very briefly on last night, uh, the uh, Thursday slate, of course, we saw some uh, interesting results uh, on the uh, Thursday card. Wasn't one of my better nights, honestly, from a betting standpoint. Uh, a couple of games went awry. Getting involved with struggling Seattle, even though I thought it set up well for them uh, against New Jersey, wasn't uh, a great call. 3-1 Devils, they win without Jack Hughes. Give them credit, and I'm worried a little about Seattle, and of course, they play again tonight against the Rangers. The Oilers, yep, you always have to leave open the door that the Oilers are going to have one of these where you know, against an inferior team. They don't get the job done, and we saw that last night. 2-1 shootout win for the Flyers. Very impressive thumping of the Colorado Avalanche by the Tampa Bay Lightning. 5-0 uh, for the uh, Lightning in that game. Uh, obviously, uh, their first uh, chance to play Colorado since losing to them in the Stanley Cup Final. What a night for Brandon Hagel as well uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. He continues to play really well for them. What a great acquisition that has turned out to be uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, and he was awesome. Uh, in that uh, four five nothing win for Tampa Bay, my best bet lost last night, so that wasn't very fun. Four one Florida over San Jose uh, stays under the total. Uh, look, it was actually a really good goalie effort from both guys, Bobrovsky and Kokkinen last night. Florida two empty net goals and what was essentially a two one game down the stretch. So uh, a rare defensive effort from both teams, particularly San Jose. A frustrating loss for Calgary against Detroit 2-1, to one, where, again, the chances were there. They didn't play that bad. In fact, you could say they've outplayed Detroit for stretches, but they can't get a big goal when they need one. That's becoming a, that's still an issue at times for the Flames. When it's a tight game and they need a play to happen, they need a big moment, a big breakthrough, a big goal, they don't get it sometimes. And we saw it again last night in the 2-1 loss against Detroit. So that's two losses coming out of the break for the Flames against the Rangers and the Red Wings. Uh, we saw Vancouver. What an effort by Vancouver. Back to back on the road, the surging Islanders. They were down again in that game early and they came back and they won 6-5. to five. What an effort. Uh, and and th that's the one thing you have to give Vancouver credit since Tockett's taken over. And in every game they played since the break this week, the Ranger game, the Devils game, and this game. The effort's been terrific. The work ethic's been great. You know, you've seen them battle. You've seen them hard on pucks. You've seen them, you know, 
get chances, score goals, battle back, fight through adversity. I mean, they're still very shaky defensively. And, of course, the goaltending with Delia and uh, Martin, that combination is very uh, untrustworthy. But you can't fault the effort. Uh, Rick Tockett's team is working their their asses off here, and they've played really hard in these three games, and they finally get a result uh, to show for it. A shocking 6-5 win against the Islanders last night. That was the one game that really played well for me. I had the team total on the Islanders. And even though they lost, it went over. I had the full game over as well. Vancouver continues to go over the total. I mean, it's just like automatic still. Whenever Vancouver plays, bet it over. When they play, they continue to fly over the total. And I said it yesterday, Tockett's trying to drill in better defensive structure with them, but they don't have the personnel, I think, to play that way. I think they just have to outscore teams, and they were able to do that last night. And Pedersen was great. That's one of the best games I've seen Elias Pedersen play. If you listen to my thoughts on Bo Horvat and Anthony Beauvillier, I said bet them both to score, bet them over their shots on goal. They both could want to make an impact against their former team. And sure enough, they both scored last night against their former team. So uh, very, very good to see that because we were in on some Beauvillier and Horvat props last night in that game. And the final game of the slate, Vegas, a dominant effort, 5-1 from start to finish over the Minnesota Wild. We talked about this yesterday. When Vegas, when Alex B. Smith ran into Jack Eichel, I knew it was going to be good things for him, and I knew it was going to be good things for the Vegas Golden Knights in that game against Minnesota. Sure enough, he had, what, a 6-7 game drought without a point? Well, that yeah. ended last night with a goal and an assist, a two-point effort uh, in the win. Uh, it was a great performance, again, defensively by Vegas. That's two terrific defensive efforts they put up. The only bad news for Vegas is the injury suffered by Logan Thompson. And it doesn't look good. He didn't put any weight whatsoever on that left leg. And I was listening to the Vegas broadcast, as you'll hear in a few weeks when we roll out the broadcaster rankings. I'll take the Golden Knights television broadcast. Thank you very much in a net split mm -hmm. second over the wild broadcast. Uh, and I was listening to Dave Gosher and Knighty. And you could tell the two of them when he got hurt. It's like, wow, uh, they were definitely concerned and rightfully so. This looks like it's going to be maybe a longer-term injury for Logan Thompson. He's having an MRI done today. We'll have to see what the results are on that. So this could be the Aiden Hill goaltending show for a period of time now moving forward for Vegas, although he's been very good. He was very solid in relief last night, a great effort against Nashville when they beat the Predators. So Aiden Hill capable in what we've seen the last couple of games, but still definite concern for the long-term prognosis and health of Logan Thompson. Uh, Alex, obviously you'll probably start there. That was the highlight of your night coming off the uh, night with the Vegas dads the night before uh, Vegas with another nice win following the break. So yesterday on, I, I didn't get to finish the show because well, I got nauseous and then I had some internet issues. So I buried the lead of who I ended up meeting at the end of the night was Bruce Cassidy. He walked in with a couple other coaches and I got to ask him, That's I said, right. coach, yeah. Who's who's starting in that? And he goes, Tommy's in that. So I had that confirmed last night at about or the night before at about ten fifteen before any other website or anything. So that was. Really I love that he came uh, out and cool. just answered you too. Sometimes yeah, right. They're very protective, giving out that info to the reporters and the media, but to you, yeah, twice in my that. life when I met Coach, I met Coach Quinville at Tom Reed's and the night before, and I asked, I said, I said Coach, who's starting? He goes, Crow's in that. Or, no, actually, no. I actually, asked, I asked. I said, Is Crow starting tomorrow? He goes, Yeah, Crow's in that, and then. The other night, uh, Cassidy gets to confirm it. So I don't know. That, that's wonderful that I get to <laughs> just, you know, get to find that information out before anybody. But that game was just uh, great. And it, it totally played out the way that I really thought it was. Like I said, that team, they came in, they were light, they were relaxed. Obviously, the wild with that tough loss that they had in, in Dallas. And now they're, they're starting to second guess themselves in every which way. And they made a ton more mistakes uh, in this game than they did even in the Dallas game. 
and it, it cost them. You know, like I said, it's unfortunate that Logan Thompson got hurt. The season that he's been on has been great, but uh, Aiden Hill, whose dad I you know hung out with, he gets uh, in net and like I said, they're playing really well. So I don't know, maybe uh, maybe things are going to turn around for this Vegas team. And, and ironically enough, two of the people's dads that I met yesterday, Jack Eichel and Aiden Hill, end up uh, kind of being the storyline pieces for that win uh, here in Minnesota. Yeah, I think Vegas has really calmed the waters here with these two wins because they weren't playing good hockey coming into the break. Well, everybody's healthy now except Mark Stone. That's something you have to keep in mind. They've got Shea Theodore back. they got Zach Whitecloud back. Uh, Eichel now off his schneid, uh, which is good to see. I mean, this is still a pretty good hockey team when they're fully healthy. Petrangelo on the blue line. Martinez is, I mean, that's a really good blue line when they're all there. And we're seeing signs of that right now. So Vegas has steadied the ship a little bit. If you're Minnesota, is it DEFCON 5 right now? I mean, you're worried. I mean, this has not been good. You weren't playing great before the break. Okay, you barely beat Philly in overtime at home. Buffalo, you barely squeaked that one out. And I think Buffalo kind of outplayed you in that game and you won in spite of that. And then you had some bad losses on that road trip. Not bad losses, but, you know, Tampa, Florida, Carolina is tough. But you'd like to beat one of those teams. You didn't beat any of them. So yet you don't beat good teams. You're struggling with even the mediocre to weaker teams. I mean, there's some issues right now and real concern with the Minnesota. And Mark andre Fleury, we love the guy as a character, but it's just it's hard for him right now. Uh, and Gustafson's kind of taken a step back when he had a little, you know, surge going and he's kind of taken a step back. The defensive play, they miss Brodeen. Brodeen is such a significant loss to them. I mean, there's issues in Minnesota right now. It's, who's stepping up to score other than Kaprizov and Erickson Eck right now, too? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's DEFCON 1. I hate to correct you. DEFCON 1 is the worst, uh, you know, signal in, in that ranking. And it is DEFCON 1 right now here in, in downtown St. Paul. Wild, the writers. And different podcasters that I was watching last night after the game, yeah, everybody's very concerned about this this streak, and, and they're saying that this feels kind of like uh, how things went in 2019, the last time the Wild missed the playoffs. It was this kind of a stretch right out of the All Star break where they started losing and just could never find their footing, find their rhythm, and they can't afford to do that right now. They got to turn things around sooner or later, especially on this home stand. They got six more home games, and we know for years they play better at XL Energy Center than anywhere else. They have to utilize this time and earn points. It's not, at this point, it's not even about wins. If you, even if you lose, losing overtime, losing shot, you got to get points. You have to keep afloat in the standings because with the way Dallas, you know they're struggling right now, but they can get hot. Colorado struggling right now. We know they're going to get hot. Washington, uh, Winnipeg. There's a bunch of teams. Even you know Nashville. They screw around Nashville and those teams in the Pacific. You know they're coming for them in the in the wild card spot. So Minnesota, this is make or break time for them. Starting with this next game against New Jersey and moving forward, they have to start playing much better hockey, or they might find themselves sitting on the sideline, maybe not even getting to the postseason. I know that's that that is in that is a possibility that has entered the conversation right now with the Minnesota Wild that they could miss the playoffs. I mean, obviously it's a three game skid. They they could easily get back on track, but they better stop the bleeding sooner rather than later. Uh, because it is getting uh, obviously to the point where there's definitely uh, growing and growing worries when it comes to the uh, Minnesota. Yeah, great comment by Grinch. Terry has vanished. Yeah, are you really shocked by that? You're right. I've noticed this. They go on a little funk, Minnesota, and Terry's not in our chat anymore uh, on the uh, Ice Guys show. But uh, he he really wears it as a fan, and that's the one thing you'll say about him. Like He gets really depressed when the team is struggling, even during the regular season. Uh, I can only imagine with this horrible three-game three game stretch against Arizona, Dallas, and last night against Vegas has done to him. Because it's yeah, been a it's, dreadful three, three games after the break. And it's tough as a as a fan. I mean, even, even you know, 
and and Terry's a little more of a hardcore fan than even I am. I'm I'm still a fan of my teams, but when you are a fan of a team and a better at the same time, yeah, it's it, it's difficult to watch your obviously if, you, if you're just a fan of a team. Betting aside, it's, it's difficult to watch your team lose, but especially when you had such high hopes for a team in the season. I mean, you know, I picked Minnesota to win the cup. I have them, you know, the team to win the West. I thought this was going to be. Uh, a season where they had everything kind of rolling in the right direction. They've gone through the playoff disasters. I thought that they were battle tested enough and they played well during the regular season. Okay, they could have a, a good season, take advantage of some teams that are trending a bit downward early in the year. And then what happens? They start losing early in the year. They're trying to get themselves back into a rhythm. And, you know, it seemed like they were kind of back on the right track and now they've kind of slipped off of it again. So, yeah, that that's it's tough, uh, you know, when you root for a team and, and, and you expect them to be – you know, potentially winning the division or, or making a deep playoff run. And here they are struggling to to get into the race. That, that, that's always a tough thing. Yeah, it is. And we'll have to see how Minnesota responds now following another very poorly played loss last night against the uh, Vegas uh, Golden Knights. All right, let's get into the Friday card. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to also talk about the first uh, five games coming up on Saturday on this show today as well. So let's start with tonight's four games on this Friday night slate. Seattle Kraken, New York Rangers. Rangers minus 180 home favorites, six the total uh, in this one. Seattle on a back-to-back here taking on the Rangers. Um, They're struggling now a little bit. Uh, We've seen them, obviously, with a great first half of the season, ended uh, the uh, pre-All-Star break schedule first in the Pacific, but it's been a struggle. The offense has disappeared. Uh, One goal in the two games coming out of the break, uh, and now they got to face Igor Shosturkin, so it's not going to get any easier for the Seattle Kraken to get their offense back uh, on track here uh, tonight. They are good on a back-to-back, though. Three and one, uh, the record this year for the Seattle Kraken on the second night of a back-to-back games. But uh, the Rangers playing well, uh, obviously. They've won three in a row, including the win against Vegas before the break. Five, four, four, three wins against the Flames and the Canucks following the break. But they've been close games. You know, it's not like the Rangers have run away you know, with these two games. So this becomes a real tricky game for me from a side perspective. I lean over from the total perspective. If it is Martin uh, Jones in net, we weren't uh, sure of that earlier today. Uh, I'll have to check to see if uh, there has been a confirmation yet for the uh, Kraken. No, not yet. Uh, So it's going to be interesting. It's an interesting decision right now, but you would think with Grubauer starting last night that they do go to Martin Jones tonight, but it has not been confirmed yet for the uh, Seattle Kraken. But that's the reason I do lean to the over here uh, in this one. Plus with the Rangers, you know, with this game in between the two games they just played, they've kind of gotten into more of a run and gun up and down style. And Vladimir Tarasenko, the big acquisition from the St. Louis Blues, uh, is expected to make his Rangers debut tonight. Uh, playing on the top line with Zabanajad and Panarin. Going to play second power play unit as well for the uh, Rangers tonight. So Flatty looks like he's going to be in the lineup for the Rangers. I think we'll see some goals. And again, uh, Martin Jones, who gave up the four spot against the Islanders, if he is in net here tonight, we know his play has regressed lately. So I am interested in the over. The bet that I really like in this game, and you should already know what it is, uh, it's the red-hot Philip Heedle, plus 220 to score a goal tonight. Uh, that was a best bet winner for me on Wednesday uh, in the Rangers' win against the Canucks. Uh, we're going to keep rolling with it. He scored in five straight games, seven goals in those five games, seven in those five games for Philip Heedle. He's been remarkably good. Everything he's shooting at the net seems to be going in. He's playing with extreme confidence with the puck right now. He's playing so well that Gerard Gallant now has him on the number one power play unit for the uh, New York Rangers. So he's going to have even more opportunity 
to find the back of the net. Heedle with Kreider, Panarin, Zibanejad, and Fox uh, on the top power play unit for the Rangers. So that's my favorite bet in this game once again. Philip Heedle, uh, goal score prop plus 220, and I also like over six. And I expect to be on over six because I expect Martin Jones in net. And look, like I said, the Rangers are playing a little more run and gun here. Two games following the break. 5-4-4-3 final scores against the uh, Flames and the Rangers. And the Carolina game on deck tomorrow night. That's going to be part of our BetCast Eastern Conference final rematch. You can see them being a little lax defensively with that big game coming up on deck. So I like this over and the Heatle goal prop. Uh, Alex Kraken, Rangers. Yeah, I'm not going to try and risk it like I did uh, the other night and wait for an in-game where I'm going to go over six uh, at even money here. I think this is going to be a good back-and-forth battle. And like I said, this is a Ranger team starting to get their rhythm going and, and moving in the right direction, one for the last five. Seattle kind of trending down in the, in the in the wrong way. Like I said, if it's Martin Jones, uh, we definitely know we can see some goals here. So I, either way, I like the over six, so I'm going with that at even money. Yeah, I'd like to look at some um... – Kraken props, but I'd also like to see them score a couple of goals as a team before I bet them. I mean, it's been a rough go of it. One goal in the two games combined uh, for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Yeah, John Massey, that's not a bad way to go. Uh, a little value there. Both teams to score first period. Get a nice, nice plus price with that. Uh, no doubt, because I think Seattle is going to try to throw everything at the Rangers, especially early before maybe they tire out on the back-to-back. And the Rangers certainly could be good to score a goal. They've been good in the first periods, finding the back of the net lately, the New York Rangers. They did it against Calgary and Vancouver. So that both teams to score in the first period. This is one spot where it might be uh, worth a look here in this one. Same with this game. This, the next game's not a bad first period, both teams to score uh, potential. Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, Toronto minus 250, road favorites, six and a half the total in this one. Uh, this is the uh, first game following the break for both teams. So they're both in this situation. There's not really much to go on. The 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 the, the back to back the, the extended rest, I should say, record for both teams is right around even uh going into this one. I think if you're Toronto, though, when you talk about this these mismatch games and the far better team playing a much weaker team, I think the first game back from the break, the superior team is not looking past that opponent. Because I think especially Toronto with the way they ended, right? Before the break, yeah. that was a disappointing setback, the five two loss against Boston. They were playing well. The Bruins were on that losing streak going into that TNT. It wasn't a TNT game, but it was with a Wednesday night game right mm -hmm. before the break. And it was 5-2 Bruins. I think the Leafs expected to do a little bit better in that hockey game than they did. I think that has them not looking past the Jackets tonight. Ilya Samsonov, by the way, will be a net for the Leafs. And I'm kind of surprised by that because they've called up Joseph Wall, who has, has lived up to his last name, Alex. He's been a brick wall uh, in the American hockey. He was in the AHL All-Star game. I think he won player of the game as well in that mm -hmm. AHL All-Star game. Uh, he has a 13-1 and record and a 930 save percentage with the Toronto Marlies uh, this year in the AHL. He's been excellent. I thought they'd give him this start because Samsonov's been so good at home. But Samsonov is getting the nod tonight. Makes me think maybe they'll give Wall the start tomorrow night uh, in the game at home against Columbus in the rematch. But it is Samsonov tonight for the Leafs. Corpusalo in net for the uh, Jackets. I think the Leafs win this game, but... You're never quite sure. And the one thing about Columbus is sometimes, uh, or at least recently in a couple of these home games, they have been able to put the puck in the net. And Samsonov's been lights out at home, but on the road he's been a little bit more beatable uh, in terms of fi firing the puck past him. So that first period, both teams to score kind of appeals to me in this game. I could see both teams finding the back of the net early. And over six and a half, I like that quite a bit here uh, in this game. It's been five of the last six meetings have gone over the total with the Leafs against the Jackets. And all five of those 
that have gone over have had at least seven goals. You know, a lot of four threes, a lot of five fours head to head between these two teams. So I like that over six and a half. And I'm also going to sprinkle on the first period, both teams to score. Alex, what do you think here? Leafs and Jackets. Yeah, that's what I like too. That over six and a half. I was going to say, I saw four, one, and one the last six. And that one push was a push on seven. So chances are you got a six and a half that went over. So technically five to six. So it definitely uh, feels like this is that kind of a, a, a pace and battle. And even with, with Samsono playing very well, but this just feels like I said with the two teams having the you know the same amount of rest, but been off for so many days. I could definitely see where maybe you know it takes a little while for them to get their momentum in their legs on the defensive end. I think we could see some goals early, so I'm actually going to just go with first period over two at plus one twenty. Uh, I don't know about both teams to score necessarily. I mean that that is a, a solid option, but I could easily see this maybe where at least the Leafs get two, and, and you know maybe Columbus comes back around with one. So there's your over your over two right there. So I'm just gonna go with that plus one twenty. If I see where maybe they start off a little bit slow and that over for the full game comes down, I might jump on and grab an over five and a half. But I don't think I don't think that's the case. I think we're just gonna see some scoring early and I'll just make uh, any kind of adjustments according after. And just an update on Austin Matthews. He's still not ready to return following the break. He's out again. And Alex Steves and uh, Pontus Holmberg called back up from the Marlies, and both will be in the lineup on the fourth line tonight for the Leafs. Uh, going, going back, back to Cali. Cali is worth a look. I think once again, uh, Yarncroke playing really well on that second line before the uh, All-Star uh, break. Bunting's a very good road for, for some reason, he scores a lot of his goals on the road. So bunting with Tavares and Marner, bunting might props might be worth a look in this game. As far as Columbus goes, uh, if you're going to sprinkle on a couple props involving them, Marchenko and Johnson flanking Sillinger on that second line, I think are the two looks for me. Uh, both of them undervalued and both of them were chipping in offense before the uh, break. All right, we got our Friday guest, our Friday guy who's with us every Friday, Jimmy Murphy, joining us here on the Ice Guys. Jimmy, how are you? I could be better, guys. It's been a bit under the weather this week, but uh, on the upswing now, so I'm getting there. Got to get ready for the uh, Bruins' return to action against the Washington Capitals tomorrow afternoon. I'd do whatever I could if I could. I know I can't make this possible, but I would do, if I could, I would do it in a heartbeat to take away the number of illnesses and pains and various ailments that both you, Jimmy, and Alex go through throughout the course of the year. I'd do anything to get rid of them for (laughs) you. Your back issues, your back seizing, your, your, uh, you know, your, you know, your vision, you know, blur, uh, getting, having, I mean, tons of issues you two have had. I'd do anything. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure you sign up for that too. For sure. I mean, you know, my name, so it's Murphy's (laughs) law. It's real. It is very real, but uh, we get through it. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. All right, uh, Jimmy, how about these first two Friday games? Kraken Rangers, Leafs Jackets. Uh, what are you thinking in those two well, games? Uh, you know, look, I'm going to do a Jimmy Puck line right out of the gate here. Uh, New York Rangers, and I'm going to jump on a uh, – have we confirmed is Tarasenko in tonight? He will be, yeah. He yep. quilts he and Yeah, I'm going to jump on him for a goal prop just for the hell of it. You know, it's an MSG nods. He'll come out, score the first goal. They go on to a – I'm going to say uh, four to one win for the Rangers. You know what? I'll probably bet that too. I like Heedle more because the price is better and he's just been ridiculous. Oh, but... I, I would jump on him as well. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Hard not to. Seven goals in the last five games, five game goal streak. Unbelievable run. Makes for a question too, guys. Like, why Why did uh, Gallant ever break that lineup? Yeah, the, the, the kid I mean, line. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, even in the playoffs last year, he did it right. Remember, it went downhill after that. It was. I don't know what he had against them or what they did to get in his doghouse, but it, it's amazing when those guys are together and, and they're clicking. I mean, they're arguably one of the best lines in the NHL right now. 
That's right. And Vladdy is plus 220 to score. I'd even that's, sprinkle that's right. on Lafreniere. Lafreniere is starting to find it. He scored the game winner against Calgary. He scored against Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Lafreniere plus 450. That's not bad. I, 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 could, that too. I could put a couple bucks on that. Lafreniere, we're waiting. We know he's a he, number one overall. You can overall tell the is coming. And yeah. I, I see it in his game. I watch a lot of Rangers games. And I'm telling you, that kid, I mean, he... he it's been coming now for, I'd say, about 10 to 15 games, but now it's starting to show up on the scoreboard. So get on him now when the, when the value is good for the props. Yeah, I think Lafreniere, Hedl, Tarasenko, I think you're going to cash two of those tonight. I think maybe even all three, but I think at least to get two of those, you've got a good chance for that uh, in the uh, game against Seattle. How about Leafs Jackets? You know, I look at this game, and it's, it's it just – it's it cries to me as sneaky jackets win. I don't know why. It's just it's got it's got that feel to it, or at least maybe they 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 take them to overtime or a shootout. I don't think it's gonna be as easy as many people think. And that's why I'm just I don't like that call enough to bet it, but I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't mind doing a little plus one and a half on the jackets. Uh you're getting some good value. It's not that high. I'm looking at a minus one nineteen for that. I think yeah. that would probably be my play for that game. Yeah, I I would lean that way. Uh, you know, actually, if, if you're if you like the ja- I don't like the jackets. I, I actually think Toronto wins, but I'm not betting Toronto. Yeah, because I just don't like the value. Well, I heard you say it before they're sneaky. The jackets can be sneaky, man. They've had some real sneaky performances lately. So that's three of why. the last six meetings have gone to overtime as well. So well, there you yeah. go. So I just I wouldn't jump on Toronto. I like I like some props for them, but I wouldn't jump on them as a team. Yeah, that's right, John. Great point, Meatloaf. Two out of three goal-scoring prop caches ain't bad. It's 100% right, just like Meatloaf would say. 100% <laughs> right. All right, Arizona and Chicago here. We've got the uh, even money here, minus 110 both sides, six the total in this game. Jackson Stauber in net, and that has me lean in Chicago. I haven't bet this yet, but I'm kind of lean in Chicago here. And, I, you know, I've cashed with Arizona uh, against Minnesota uh, in the game after the break. Uh, they beat the Wild 3-2 at home. But if do you know that the long term record is for Arizona off a single victory, it's twenty five and fifty two. Okay, that's the record off a win. I mean, they've been bat- brutal trying to put two wins together. I mean, it's always been win one and lose the next game. You know, it's been that often. When Arizona wins, they often don't follow it up the next game with another W. So I lean Chicago and I like Stauber. He's played great. You know what's shocking about Stauber? He wasn't drafted. It's out of Providence College. His AHL numbers weren't even that great this year. And here he is in the NHL, and he's leading Chicago into a 5-1 win as his last start in Calgary. Couldn't believe it. And he played excellent. He made a ton of dazzling saves in that game against Calgary. And he's played great in both starts. He was good against St. Louis in the other game that he won. So he's right right now, like he's going to probably, you know, the bloom is going to come off the rose, if you will, at some point with Jackson Stauber. But right now he's kind of a go-with, bet-on goalie. And Chicago becomes more of a bet-on team with him in net. And I know Alex will hint on the Friday home record because Chicago does play some of these Friday home games. Initially, they weren't so good, but I think they're doing a little better the last couple they've played here on home ice here uh, in Chicago. And again, with Arizona not really being a trustworthy team off a win, now on the road where they're still only 6-24 and 24 on the road this year. I, I, like I said, I lean Chicago. I haven't bet it yet, but I might have a couple bucks on the Blackhawks here. Even money, minus 110. I think be careful with the total. This could actually be a sneaky under. You know, with the way the, the certainly Arizona's defended nicely, Vamelka's in a groove. We assume it'll be him and net tonight for the actually, it's Ingram. My Ingram bad. tonight, yeah. Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, it, it is Ingram tonight. So, you know what? I'll say this about Ingram. 
we usually think of him as much inferior to uh, Pamelka, but he's had a couple of decent starts lately. He was solid in the Arizona game. You know, two goals allowed on 45 shots, faces a lot of rubber nightly. He hasn't been as bad as we think. You know, the numbers still aren't great, and his win-loss record is still only 3-11, and you know, but he has played a little bit better than we become accustomed to. That being said, still like Chicago here a little bit, lean under the total. And someone's hinting uh, the goal score prop that it's it's true. Uh, this is just something that's all of a sudden started. He's got some chemistry going, and they've got him on the top line too, and it's not priced like it. Jason Dickinson, 100% right. Uh, Jay Stone in our chat. That's exactly the goal prop I like in this game. It's my favorite goal prop uh, in this game. Uh, Jason Dickinson has made the most of his opportunity. He is plus 600 at FanDuel, plus 600 at Bet99. You can also find plus 550 uh, at some other spots, but an insane price for him to score a goal, a guy that has clearly uh, been able to find the uh, back of the net here the last few games for the Chicago Blackhawks, playing with Tyler Johnson and Patrick Kane, uh, the two veterans. Uh, three straight games with a goal and four points uh, in those three games uh, for uh, Jason Dickinson, and that's insanity. You know, three-game goal streak, and the, you can bet a plus 600 in some books for Jason Dickinson to score a goal tonight. So 100%, that's got to be something you – put in your pocket tonight alex what do you think arizona chicago yeah i'm definitely gonna be telling them i got a plus to the hundred at, at uh, bet online so i'm gonna jump on that but uh yeah i'm actually leaning toward the draw in this one at plus 325 obviously you're not getting the the, the absolute best of the number because it's a pick em game but you know the hawks they've played well against arizona but they've been some close uh victories close games we saw them win two nothing the last time the two teams have played you mentioned yeah, the other hawks they played well especially at home on on, on friday nights and in the last five friday games the under is four and one so when they play well obviously it's because they're getting goaltending they're getting defense that's usually the the, the thing they need to at least keep them afloat in games and then they can rely on the offense uh after that but if they're keeping the puck out of their own net Chances are they're going to play pretty pretty well, but Jackson Stauber, for as well as he's played, I, I just I'm still worried about the bottom dropping out in one of his games, and, and we see him kind of regress a little bit. Same thing with Connor Ingram for the most part. He's played a little bit better lately, but we know his his, his kind of temperament and over time, he's a guy who usually tends to give up goals. So I could see this easily being a three three game heading into to overtime. So I'm going to take the draw plus three twenty five, and I'm also going to play at Dickinson to score a goal at six hundred. Yeah, plus 600, uh, three straight games with a goal, and it's plus 600. That is uh, a great opportunity just waiting to present itself. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Coyotes, Blackhawks. Yeah, guys, I got to thank you. I was unaware just because, you know, sometimes I get consumed in my Bruins coverage. Uh, unaware of, uh, you know, how well this kid Stauber's been doing. And I remember him, PC, playing there. So uh, that's a pretty cool story there. And I'll have to look at the value on that and maybe take that as well. As for the side here, guys, um, you know, it's interesting. I was kind of thinking about when I was looking at it earlier today with Alex is saying there, Chicago's suddenly becoming an under team. They've, they've screwed probably three overs for me in the last month. They really have. I mean, it's because it, you think Chicago, you think goals on both sides. And uh, so they've all of a sudden become an under team. I'm going to go with an under in the first period, guys, of this game. Yeah, liking the under here in the first period is Jimmy uh, in this one. And you're right. I'd be careful. Actually, more of the recent head-to-heads have also gone under the total with uh, Arizona and Chicago. We'll see if that continues here tonight. All right, this is the final game of the Friday night card, but it is not going to be the final game of our show. We are going to go ahead with the first five games on Saturday. All the games that are starting at the noon Eastern time hour 
We'll be doing those right after this one. Uh, Pittsburgh and Anaheim. We've got Pittsburgh minus 260 road favorites, six and a half the total. Uh, Penguins starting a road trip. Look, they did not deserve the win against Colorado. They got outplayed for, I would say, well into the third period. And then they started to carry the play a little bit. Uh, DeSmith kept it at one nothing, gave the Penguins a chance. Malkin ties it late in the third. And then after a Colorado power play that they survived in overtime where McKinnon hit a post on that power play and DeSmith came up big, a lot of blocked shots as well. Uh, Pittsburgh played with that desperation of a team that's you know hanging on to a wild card spot right now. You do have to give them credit, especially when they were defending that avalanche power play in overtime. And then, of course, Chris Letang comes back the other way and wins it in overtime 2-1 for Pittsburgh. I think that's legit positive energy and momentum for them going on the road as they uh, begin this road trip here on the West Coast against Anaheim. And keep in mind for the Ducks, this is a bit of a tricky spot. They were on the road for back-to-back in Dallas and in Chicago, uh, and now they're back home here tonight against uh, Pittsburgh. It's not exactly a great spot for uh, Anaheim by any stretch of the imagination. And in that first period, I could see Pittsburgh kind of jumping on the Anaheim Ducks a little bit, especially when Mike Sullivan said we weren't ready to go against Colorado. They started the game horribly. They didn't have the puck for the first two periods. I think there really is a focus for the Penguins. Let's start on time. Let's have a much better first period, first two periods than we did uh, against Colorado. So I like Pittsburgh first period puck line tonight, minus a half plus 125. I think that's the best way to go about this game. I mean, I think Pittsburgh uh, has the capability to win this game, but I like that first period angle minus a half plus 125 in the first period with the Penguins tonight. And keep in mind, if the Penguins are, this is where we start to evaluate Pittsburgh and what they're capable of. Now is that time. Do you know why that is? Because they're fully healthy. You know, Tristan Jari is the only, is he's coming back soon. He was practicing today with the team, although I don't think he's going to start tonight. I think it'll still be Casey to Smith, but he's closing in on a return. Jan Ruda is the only other injury they have on the blue line. And he was practicing today. So he's close to coming back and everybody, and the team is fully healthy. Uh, besides that, everybody's come back. I mean, Crosby Malkin, they're finally healthy playing together. Latang, you know, is back. Dumoulin's healthy. The whole team's healthy now. So this is where we evaluate Pittsburgh. If they continue to suck and they continue to lose games moving forward, then they're just a hockey team that's not going anywhere as far as I'm concerned. But if they get on a run and show that, hey, now we're finally healthy, this is what we're capable of, and they go on a nice run from this point, then maybe there's some staying power to Pittsburgh making the playoffs and still possibly being dangerous if they get in. Uh, But now is the time we evaluate just how truly good or not so good this Pittsburgh team is because now – they're back to full health. So Penguins first period puck line for me. Alex, what do you think here? Penguins, Ducks. I like the uh, first period over, but I'm going to wait and get this at a better price. I'm seeing as high as laying $1.60. I would wait and try to grab $1.30 or $1.25 in the first couple minutes of the game. I definitely like the same kind of thought process. I think Pittsburgh can come out hot early and, uh, you know, instead, you know, get out to, to score a couple of goals. We'll be able to cash that, but I think you don't have to lay 160. I think you'd be able to wait, and it would kind of be a, enough time in the first two, three minutes to let that drop down and uh, get some good play and then be able to hit that. So that's the only thing I'll be doing with this game. All right, looking for a live over here in the uh, first period of this one. Uh, Jimmy, Pittsburgh-Anaheim. Yeah, I'm going to jump on the pens in the first period as well, Ian. I agree with you. I think they somehow they seem to not be able to do it too much this season, but I think they think they carry this momentum they got from that win. They know they didn't deserve it there. So like you said, Sullivan did call them out, and they know that they didn't earn that win per se. 
overall, and they got away with one. So I think they're going to be extra tight in that first period to come out with a lead uh, into the intermission. No doubt about that. If you're going to look at one prop, though, for Anaheim, it's Adam Henrique. Adam Henrique's really starting to heat up for them, uh, and you can get good value with his uh, props, both a goal score prop and a point prop. Uh, you know, on the Pittsburgh side, uh, when you look at uh, what they've uh, been able to do, uh, Malkin, of course, scored the other night. It looks like Troy Terry, who was injured on Monday against Dallas, uh, may miss this game once again for the uh, Anaheim Ducks as well. Uh, we do have John Gibson, by the way, confirmed uh, in net for uh, Anaheim. But again, we're waiting on the Pittsburgh confirmation. Even though Jari's practicing, I could see him playing and making his return tomorrow night in the game against the LA Kings. But I think it'll be dismissed tonight. That's that's the way I see it and probably the way Pittsburgh will go with it in terms of their goaltending. All right, so those are the Friday games, but our show ain't done yet. We're going to go through the first five games on Saturday coming right up right after we hear from our great sponsors at Gramco. All right, whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the Ice Guys, and Alex, Gramco's got you covered for the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, sorry, I had to get back. Yeah, the Gramco, I mean, the super box that they've got, it's only going to be another couple more days, obviously, to get it, but it's uh, the Super Bowl Delta 8 special, over $250 in Delta 8 THC products in this one box. You can get it for just $175. If you use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of that as well, and free shipping. comes with two full-size 30-count gummies, 10 pre-rolls covered in keep. And 10 disposable vapes that are a half gram each, along with the quick mix Delta 8. So you can basically make anything uh, into your own Delta 8 edible. $175, but you can save using promo code ICEGUYS. Get 25% off at thegramco.com. There you go. All right, get involved and check that out. All right, let's go to Saturday. Again, we're doing the first five games, the noon hour games, Eastern time on Saturday today. And tomorrow on the Saturday show before the BetCast, we will... Uh, start with Tampa Bay Dallas, the uh, first of the two games on ABC uh, on Saturday afternoon. All right, first up on Saturday at noon Eastern, Vancouver Canucks, Detroit Red Wings. We've got Detroit minus 140, home favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Right now, I'm leaning to riding the wave with Vancouver a little bit. This has been a nice week for them. Uh, they played well uh, in all three games, even though they lost the first two against the Rangers and the Devils. They finally got rewarded for the hard work they put in. Uh, against the New York Islanders. Detroit did pull off an impressive win, 2-1 against Calgary. A lot of that, though, was sitting back, sitting back, and letting Billy Huso do the job. He had one of his best games in a long time, a goalie that's kind of not been as good lately, but Huso was very strong in the game against uh, Calgary uh, on Thursday night in that 2-1 to win. But Canucks have a nice little thing going. It's been a lot of games. 
you know, on this road trip this week, I mean, they've played a lot of games. You worry, does that catch up to them? Travel catch up to them a little bit. But I think the fact they were coming off the break should make this uh, negate at least a little bit this spot just a bit in terms of how tough it is on them. I mean, it is, of course, the fourth game in uh, six days for uh, Vancouver on the road. But again, because they had the rest it, with the all-star break uh, pause in the season before that, I don't think it's as uh, detrimental. Uh, I like the way they're going right now. And certainly if I'm playing this one, it would be Vancouver plus 120. Uh, it would be over the total again because that's all the Canucks do is go over the total. Like I said, Rick Tockett is trying to improve this team defensively, have the you know better back-checking presence, uh, all those things, backtrack, you know, you know, be good away from the puck. But as you can see, yeah, he's trying to instill those, those principles, but I don't know if he's got the team personnel-wise to execute them because they're just, to me, not a very good defensive team. So I would look at the Canucks as a dog. Again, we haven't locked anything in yet for Saturday, uh, but I definitely would look toward the Canucks as a dog. That's my lean right now, as well as over six and a half here. Uh, what do you think, Alex, or early thoughts, Canucks, Red Wings? Yeah, more than likely, I'm going to be on Vancouver as a dog, and I'm probably going to flip around and bet Detroit as a dog when they go to Vancouver in a couple of days. Uh, and, and that's a, a real interesting, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, the scheduling spot. For them to play, obviously, they've been on, on the East Coast already. It's the third game in four nights, but – to have what's essentially basically a nine o'clock start internal clock time for a Pacific team. And then this is the last game on the road trip before they have to fly back home, which will be their fifth game in eight days and then play the exact same team that they played two nights prior. I think that's a, uh, a bit of a, of a weird spot, but I think that it makes for a good uh, situation to bet both road dogs. So that's kind of what I'm looking at uh, here. As far as total goes, obviously, like I said, Vancouver has been an over machine, but this has been a series that trends toward the under uh, for the last five meetings in Detroit, 7-1-2 and two, the last 10 meetings overall. And both these teams don't play well on Saturdays. Vancouver's lost their last five games on a Saturday, Detroit 1-6. and six. So if I had to play something, especially with this early start, where it's something that Vancouver's not used to. Detroit plays a little bit more, you know, they're used to these uh, kind of earlier games, but they don't play them as often as they used to, say, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. I'd probably actually maybe lean to the under at a six and a half if I was getting a, a plus price with it. But I'm more likely just going to stick with the side and, and end up playing uh, Vancouver at plus money. All right, Jimmy, any thoughts, Canucks, Red Wings? Well, in the famous style of Chris Berman, you're all on the Canucks, eh? <laughs> uh, guys i think this is a it is a bad spot for them i think as you pointed out to start this uh this summary of this game ian you know they they're riding high right now and i i think maybe a little too high i think they're due for a letdown detroit's got some confidence going as well and i think sooner or later an east coast trip does catch up to your body i i, I think it's only human nature and these guys are human and you're basically starting, this is now, I know they've been on the East Coast for a while, but it's still, to what they're used to, is a 9 a.m. start. Uh, so it's a, it's it's still a task to get up that early. They're going to probably have to be at the rink by about 9 a.m. Uh, so it's, it's a different setup. It throws you a little out of whack. I like the Red Wings in this, and I'm going to actually go with the Jimmy Puck line Red Wings in this as well. All right, Jimmy Puck line here. Detroit has played some of these afternoon games, and they've I think they've done okay in them, uh, actually, the Red Wings. These home – I remember they played a Florida or something in an early afternoon game. I think it was months ago when they won it. Yeah. But the thing is for Vancouver, if you don't win this game, and to Alex's point, the, the next spot might be even worse for them. You know, coming back home, that first game off the road trip and the travel east coast to west coast, 
So that's why I think this is actually maybe the more gettable. I actually think the Vancouver spot might be even worse for them <laughs> playing Detroit again at home after this. So a very weird dynamic. I've never seen something like this before where you have an East versus a West team, the West team playing the East team at the end of their road trip, and then they go back home and they're playing that same team in their home building. This is yeah. a very rare scheduling spot. I think I want to say that just happened with the Canadians maybe last yeah. month. Definitely yeah, could have that happened. Yeah. Yeah, it could have. It'll be interesting to see how it affects uh, both teams. Speaking of the Canadians, what a segue for Jimmy here. They're hosting the New York Islanders. Islanders <laughs> minus 200 road favorites, six the total. This is 12.30 p.m. Eastern uh, on Saturday. Um, I like the Islanders both ways here. Regulation and first period puck line uh, on the Islanders. Uh, look, obviously they lost to Vancouver. Bo Horvat and company after the game weren't thrilled about it. They said we just didn't have it. And that was not a good game from the Islanders. Just all kinds of blunders defensively. It wasn't Ilya Sorokin's best game. Uh, they were, I think, kind of took Vancouver you know, for granted a little bit. Not taking anything away. Vancouver worked for it. Earned it with their work ethic. But the Islanders kind of played one of their worst games. And by far the worst game of the three games they played since the break. They looked great against Seattle. They looked very good against Philly. But they did not play that way against uh, Vancouver. And look, they've played now how many games three since the all-star break and now this is montreal's first game following the break so you talk about lots of rust they haven't played islanders can jump on them early plus they're not happy about the way that vancouver game went i think the islanders pounce on the habs early motivated to play better after what happened against the canucks so for i'll definitely be looking at that first period puck line islanders make no mistake about it and i might even add the regulation uh bet on the uh, new york islanders here uh, as well alex uh, islanders have yeah, this was probably going to be a pass for me. I mean, but I look at the Islanders laying 200. And, uh, you know, like I said the Habs have been just kind of rough and brutal. So this is definitely one of the games that I had to look a little bit more into, but more, more likely won't have anything on it. Yeah, and by the way, uh, about the uh, Montreal Canadiens, in terms of their injury situation, we know Caulfield's lost for the season. Uh, Jake Evans on IR, Caden Gooley on IR, Monaghan out, Slavkovsky on IR, Drouin on IR, uh, Yoel Armia on IR, Joel Edmondson day-to-day. -day. I mean, the, the injury report that was so bad going into the break, it really hasn't cleared up at all uh, after the break. I mean, I don't even know if they're getting anybody back, the Canadians, uh, following the All-Star break. So it is a very depleted roster right now uh, uh jimmy what do you think islanders canadians yeah i mean not really betting related guys but that's something to really keep an eye on if you're trying to figure out the nhl trade market right now because a lot of these guys that i'm sure kent hughes you know i think of a sean monahan uh was planning on getting at least maybe a second or third round pick for it at the trade deadline how's he trading them now you know i mean how are they helping a contender if they can't get on the ice so uh i think that whole scenario montreal is having a little grip on the trade market right now but as for the game, look, guys, this is, uh, I don't know if you know, you probably, you might have noticed every year in Super Bowl weekend, Montreal Canadiens host back-to-back -back games on a Saturday and Sunday. And they're At always home. Yep. days, yep. right? It's been a long tradition there. They used to actually play the Bruins there every year on that, uh, that sat, uh, actually on Super Bowl Sunday for about three years in a row. I used to go up there mm -hmm. to cover the game. Just, it's just a great time. It's a really festive atmosphere around the city this weekend. And the crowd's going to be into it. Uh, I'm liking the uh, Canadians in the upset here on home ice. All right. Uh, there you go. Liking Montreal to uh, get the uh, job done uh, in this one, which they could. Uh, we'll see if the uh, crowd spurs them on. I think they're really banged up. That's a concern. You've got the Islanders off a bad game. Uh, I like the first period angle even more with the Islanders, honestly, in this game. Uh, because I could see them getting off to a fast start. Montreal kind of, you know, 
battles their way back into the game a little bit. Uh, but I still think they'll end up winning. But uh, Jimmy going the other way, like in uh, Montreal here, plus 170. It is a, a big home underdog price here uh, if you like the uh, Canadians. I'd still look at Bo Horvat props again. He's feeling it. He scored now in back-to-back games. He went, did go over his shots on goal prop last night, so maybe even look in that uh, direction once again as well. Nashville, Philadelphia, Predators minus 140 road favorites, uh, six the total uh, in this one. I mean, Nashville played like absolute garbage against Vegas. Awful. I mean, they didn't feel like they were even participating in a hockey game. It was like Vegas was doing all the participation. I think Nashville was just a bunch of ghosts uh, on the ice uh, in that game. I mean, they had, what, not even 20 shots on goal uh, in that game. You've got to think they want to play a whole lot better than that. They've had now uh, two days off following that loss to Vegas. Actually, three, uh, it'll be uh, between that one and this one against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. It is worth noting on that extended rest. Nashville's not that great, believe it or not. Two and three and four this year uh, on the extended rest. Philadelphia, two games since the break, a tough 2 1 loss to the Islanders, and then a 2 1 shootout win against Edmonton uh, last night. Uh, they beat Winnipeg 4 0. They had overtime losses to Minnesota and LA. I mean, that's the hard part about betting against Philly right now. They're in every single game, they either win or they're right there. So it's it's not going to be a, a slam dunk for the Predators here going on the road against this uh, Flyers team. But Flyers minus 140, like maybe I'm interested in, I, I might get there with Nashville in the first period. I am kind of interested in that because I've got to think a team that's trying to make the playoffs and knows that that was borderline embarrassing against Vegas, not even 20 shots on goal. You're basically down to five minutes left in the third with, I believe, 15 shots on goal for the entire game. That's totally unacceptable. And that's on John Hines. And I said this on Twitter. Wow. What a shock. Bruce Cassidy had his team ready to play after the all-star break. And John Hines didn't. What a shocker. I mean, I couldn't believe that's possible, uh, but nevertheless, that's a horrible game out of the all-star break for Nashville. Uh, I think the first period I might look the predators way. Um, but the one thing about Philly too, they get behind and they battle back. They've done that a bunch. So I do think Nashville has to bring a much better effort and will. But if I'm looking at Nashville in this game, it's only the first period. And I'll go puck line at a nice plus price. I don't want anything to do with a minus 140 tag on the Nashville Predators on the road for the full game. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Preds, Flyers. Yeah, I might look at the first period over. Uh, just got to wait and see what that number is going to open. At. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely a game where Nashville needs to come out with a much better effort and do it early. So if I don't get the number I want for the first period over, I might do the same thing to do and play that first period puck line with the Preds, but can't trust either of these teams to, to finish out a full 60 minutes and get one. So, Yeah, definitely. And one thing to keep in mind about the Flyers is they're another one of these Arizona situations for a, you know, a non-playoff team. How do they perform after a win? The answer is not good. Uh, they beat Anaheim. They lost the next game, Philadelphia. They beat Detroit. They lost the next game. They beat Winnipeg. They lost the next game. So, again, not a team that strings two wins in a row together routinely, the Philadelphia Flyers. What do you think here, Jimmy? Yeah, you know, this. I think I'm going to stay away from this game, but if a gun's to my head, I'm looking at the over uh, would be the one play I'd have here. Um, but, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm taking a pass. Jimmy, pass. All right, Jimmy, pass. Uh, nothing wrong uh, with uh, that. Uh, you would think, again, I'm just banking on this is still, uh, I don't want to, they're not a great team, Nashville, but this is still, you know, a team that thinks they could be a playoff team. You have to bring it here early after what I saw against Vegas. That was just beyond 
shoddy yeah. for that entire game, that entire effort. So we'll see if Nashville brings that kind of intensity here uh, with them for this. Ian, I want to credit you too, man, not to cut you off, but you know, I remember coming out of the break, you were telling everybody, watch out for Vegas, you know, on that yeah. first game back, uh, you had a feel on them. And yeah. <laughs> ever since then, they've been a completely different team. Two great wins uh, against and dominant right. against Nashville and Minnesota. And they got their defensive the game back again, the way Bruce wants them to play strong in the defensive zone. Uh, again, yeah, flying high after meeting up with Alex B. Smith. Yeah, yeah. Just, I'm a little nervous though, about the whole, I haven't seen any reports today on what it might be, but Logan Thompson leaving early is not a good thing for them. No, it's not. Yeah. No, you it know, isn't. Just when they were starting to get healthy, that's a tough break. Yeah, they ran into Alex B. Smith, Jimmy. Like I said, that's what put him over the top last night. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Jimmy, I don't, know, I don't know if you heard that whole thing. Yeah, yeah I, I pretty much like drank with some of the dads from the Golden I Knights. did. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. Good guys yeah. or what? Yeah, we are real nice guys. Yeah, uh, Aiden Hill, he stuck around the longest. So we pretty much watched all the Wild Stars game. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Good group. There you go. Any yeah, those dad trips are great things that the teams do. They yeah, love yeah. when they do that. Yeah. And, Although they should have, they should have took him to a better restaurant, though. To be honest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a different story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, apparently, they went on the cheap. The uh, players there taking their dads to some bum restaurant. <laughs> yeah, like yeah they, they would if they, they ate the hotel. They would have been better off. I don't know why they didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's really not good. <laughs> no, oh, no, no, no St. Paul, Paul Hotel has uh, they have the St. Paul Grill. That's like well, it's one of the top restaurants in, in the city. And that's maybe they were just on a liquid diet, eh? Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. So, <laughs> they definitely, they definitely helped close down the bar. I mean, so, oh, that's sure. yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we got two games left uh, of the uh, early Saturday games. We've got Calgary and Buffalo uh, next up. Uh, Calgary minus two, one twenty, I should say, one twenty uh, road favorites in this game. The total six and a half across the board. Uh, this is another one where Calgary in the first period kind of intrigues me. They've played Buffalo's playing their first game back and. There just happened to be on the Buffalo Sabres Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I mean, a bunch of them. Dylan Cousins, Tage Thompson, they went to some tropical destination after the All-Star weekend. So like Monday to yesterday, uh, they had like a little mini vacation. And you wonder if they're going to be on their game, you know, first game after something like that. And Calgary after losing the other night, I could see Calgary in the first period. But I don't trust Calgary for the full game. I don't. I mean, they're just, for some reason, I could see them having a good start here, jump on Buffalo uh, because of the uh, Sabres on the long layoff. Um, but Calgary, again, they can't get a big goal when they need it. That game was there to be won against Detroit, and they just can't put a puck in the net at a critical moment. And it burned them again, and it wasted another good start by Dan Vladar, who was uh, terrific and suffered a first loss to snap his five-start win streak. But it wasn't Vladar's fault. He was great. So blame the offense. They couldn't put a puck in the net last night against uh, Detroit. But I think Calgary in the first period is not a bad way to go uh, in this game. Might look over the total if it's Markstrom in net, uh, if it's Vladar again, and we don't know that yet. Uh, we will see tomorrow right before a puck drop. Uh, if it is Vladar, I'd probably like that Flames first period look. That might go money line with Flames first period. It's cheap enough. I'd take the money line as opposed to lay the half a goal. Uh, what do you think here, uh, Alex? Flames, Sabres. Yeah, it's tough because I was just looking back at, at Calgary's daytime schedule, and they've only played two games that were considered afternoon stars, not early evenings. This is the earliest start that they're going to have home or road this year, but the two games that they played in the afternoon on the road uh, that were 
you know, considered afternoon starts, a 6-5 overtime win against Dallas and a 3-0 shutout loss to Washington. So something to keep in mind, you know, maybe they, you know, how do they come out of the gate? They've already, like I said, played and been on the road. But for Buffalo, like I said, those guys being in, you know, tropical paradise and then having to fly back to Buffalo, New York, that can kind of kind of be a bit of a downer for them. But, uh, but you know, maybe they get focused. Like I said, you can't trust these teams for, for anything 60 minutes yet. This is probably going to be a, a, a watch and observe kind of game, see where both teams are at and maybe look to jump on something live during the backcast. Yeah, two pieces of evidence for Calgary recently in day games. The Tampa Bay home game recently, they were that was one of their best games of the season. And then they were in Dallas for an early Saturday afternoon game recently as well, and they jumped on Dallas, and they had to survive. The third period, they almost blew a big lead, but they hung on to win, but they had a great start in that game. So I think that further cements me interested in this Flames' first period uh, in this game. What do you think here, Jimmy? Yeah, look, uh, the Flames, we know, are, you know, one thing I want to say about the Flames too, guys, and this may sound taboo to a lot of people because he's, you know, he's a future Hall of Famer. He's well-established in this league. But at what point do fingers start to point at Daryl Sutter in Calgary? I mean, this team is a, let's face it, they're, with the, what we expected from them, they're highly underachieving right now. They're disappointing. They lose in, in, you know, fashions where like it looks like they're not even trying out there at times and they're just kind of going through the motions. At what point do people start to say maybe they need a coaching change? I mean, is it, I know how sacred Sutter is in the hockey world, but I'm calling a spade a spade here, man. I think he yeah. needs to go if Calgary wants to save their season. Let's see. Nah, I, I agree. I never thought he was a good fit there to begin with. And, and the fact yeah. that they signed him, what was a three-year deal? Like, I, I thought that was very strange. And, and I, you know, this is kind of what I – I kind of expected this out of Calgary. I, didn't, I thought that a lot of people thought they were going to be, you know, a hot team to win the division. I know – Good on you. Like, the West. I just yeah. I just didn't feel that. And I thought that we would see some rough times with them, and it would, and it would be kind of Sutter-related where the offense doesn't get rolling or they get so consumed with playing defense that they can't find ways he's, to score. He's not adapting. It is what it is. You know, you can you can say about coaches like a Claude Julian or like that. He was conservative, but he at least adapted. He yep. at least won a cup. Yep. I mean, what is what's Sutter done since like you know 2015? Yep. I mean, the over might be worth a look in that Flame Sabres game, Ron. And the reason I'm just thought that came to mind why yep. the over might be the play is because Calgary, the two day games I talked about that they won. Do you know what the scores were? I think the Tampa game was six three. I think the Dallas game was six five. You know, yeah, tons five, of goals. Six, five, mm-hmm, yeah. yep, tons of goals. Yeah. So it has me leaning over. But again, this is more of a Markstrom uh, situation. You know, if Markstrom's confirmed in that, I I, I probably am on that over in this yeah. Calgary yeah. Buffalo game uh, on uh, Saturday. And if, and if it's if it's Anderson too for the Sabers, like we get we get we get, a, get a Anderson and and yep. Mark and uh, Markstrom, yeah, that would be. Yep. Yeah, well, as so far as my play, guys, I'm I'm going. I think Calgary comes out strong. I still think they could end up losing. They'll blow it maybe. But I think they come out strong because of what happened the last game. So give yeah. me the flames in the first period. That's the yeah, I, I do think that's a good look. I really do. This first Might period. Might be a good live one, though, to go the other way as the game goes on. Yeah. You know, yeah. Especially then, awesome. again, you see Thompson and Cousins and some of these young Sabres. They're uh, dollying yeah, well, mingling on the island earlier this week. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that could be tough to get them uh, just up to speed in the first 20 minutes. And you got Calgary. They've played two games already uh, under their belt since the uh, All-Star break. All right, next up, final game for this show. And, uh, for the, and, of course, the rest of the Saturday card, starting with Tampa Bay-Dallas. We will be, of course, talking about those games tomorrow on our regular Daily Ice Guys show starting at uh, noon uh, Eastern 
time. So uh, make sure you join us as usual, and then it'll flow right into the BetCast at 2 p.m. Eastern time. All day, all night, super BetCast. Uh, Make sure you join us for that. Uh, The the fridge is stocked. Uh, We're ready to go. Uh, Edmonton and Ottawa. Uh, We've got Edmonton minus 145 road favorites, uh, six and a half being the uh, total in this game. Uh, This is another one. I hate to, I'm on like a little bit of a first period kick here with some of these early games tomorrow, but I think it makes sense in a lot of these. And for me, I'd kind of look at Edmonton here uh, in the first period off the disappointing setback against Philly, uh, a game where they didn't score goals. And usually they explode the next game when they don't score in one game, they usually are a good bounce back offensive team. Ottawa hasn't played a game since the break. They could be really, really uh, behind it uh, early in the hockey game here. So this does set up well for maybe another first period look this time on Edmonton here, maybe a first period puck line. So I like that in this game. But you know what I like even more? Guess what's in play here for this game? It's that angle I've talked about repeatedly this year with the Edmonton games off and under for them, where they play an under, they play a two to one or a three to two type of game. Uh, in the previous game, and the next game has pretty much always gone over the total. Uh, I believe for the season it's now something like 13-2 and two to the over when they're often under in their previous game. We talked about this angle about a week or a couple of weeks ago or even a month ago, how strong the Oilers have trended to the over in a game where they play to the under uh, in their previous game, and that's what we've got here in this game. So as much as I like the first period, uh, look toward the Oilers. The totals might even stronger look here. And Ottawa was starting to find their offense right before uh, the All-Star break as well. So over six and a half will definitely be on the card for me uh, here with Oilers and Senators. Uh, Alex, uh, Edmonton, Ottawa. Well, with that being said, I'm going to be looking at Oilers team total over because I'm just kind of looking at the history. Uh, I've seen six and one the last seven meetings in Ottawa, nine and two the last 11 meetings overall. Uh, so, you know, like I said, that's a great trend to catch, you know, them off of a, of, of a game going under. They're usually the catalyst, obviously, for that offense. Uh, and, and we should be getting a, a good price on that team total, too, considering that this is a kind of a, a close price money line wise because Ottawa's been on this four game win streak. So I'm more likely going to be on over his team total once I can bet that. Yeah, definitely. I think the team total definitely uh, worth a lot. I think Ottawa can chip in offensively, too, because, again, before the break, they scored five against Montreal, five against Montreal in both games, and six against Toronto. Remember that 6-2 to two big win they had? That was the game Samsonov last minute found out he was starting, and the Senators uh, ended up getting a 6-2 to two win. So this is a team that scored 16 goals, you know, in their last three games before the All-Star break, Ottawa. So to me, yeah, goals in bunches. And, again, that Edmonton trend off and under. Uh, in their games this season has been pretty remarkable. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Oilers, Senators. I'm with you guys. I'm going to jump on that team total over as well, and I'm all over the over for the whole game. I think it's going to be a barn barn burner up there in Ottawa. Yeah, and we'll be starting the BetCast all day, all night. Ice Guys Live Super BetCast tomorrow, right? 2 p.m. Eastern. We'll probably be just... Hydrate, boys. Hydrate. (laughs) We will. We'll pace ourselves. Like I say, the difference between Ian sober and Ian drunk is negligible. Well, Ian doesn't really get drunk. Get a lot of water in you today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We've got lots of bottled water and beer. So I've been been hydrating since since yesterday. So... (laughs) Yeah. We are going to be fine. And uh, yeah, and Jimmy, before we wrap up the show, we'll do best bets, of course, in just a second. And the, the best bet can really be from any of the games we've talked about. And even, for Jimmy, it can be anything on Saturday. It could even be the games later in the day uh, on Saturday. But let's get some Bruins thoughts. We always like to get some just Bruins thoughts from Jimmy uh, every time he's with us. Uh, the Bruins, of course, we talked about the little swoon they had 
uh, going into the uh, All-Star break. Uh, the Bruins were able to uh, nip that uh, in the uh, bud uh, with that win against Toronto uh, right before the uh, All-Star break and uh, get things a little bit back on track. And uh, it was a nice win for them, uh, of course, going into the uh, All-Star break. And when you look at the schedule for the uh, Bruins coming up after the break, they resume play Sunday at Washington. Uh, just one road, or tomorrow, I should say, not Sunday, they play tomorrow uh, against the uh, Washington Capitals uh, at home. And then I think they play Sunday in Washington. That's what it is. It's a home and home. They're hosting uh, Washington tomorrow, and then they're in Washington on Sunday. So back-to-back -back with the uh, Capitals. Uh, what do you think, Jimmy? Is this is there going to be a lengthy, extended losing streak at some point, or is that three-game little mini-malaise they had, is that about as much as we're going to get in terms of a funk for the Bruins the rest of the regular season? Well, I don't think you'll see anything more than that until they clinch. I mean, then all bets are off after that. I don't know what, you know how they'll show up when they start resting guys, and and they will. You know, they're that far ahead. And even I think they can still be caught. I, I'd be very worried about Carolina right now if I was a Boston Bruins. Um, but, you know, I, I think that they're going to play some real playoff-type hockey out of the gate here, I think. Because I think they want to put their foot back in the pedal there. They know they let up. And I think they want to make sure that, you know, seeding goes their way. And they, and they also, I think they don't want to let, the, it's a pride thing now. I mean, they'll tell you they don't care. It's the regular season. But when you're flirting with history there the way they are right now with the, the record they have, that's a pride thing. You want to do it. So I, I think you're going to see some good hockey from the Bruins coming up. All right, Jimmy says expect uh, to, uh, the Bruins to play good hockey coming out of the break, and they will start with back-to-back -back here uh, against the uh, Washington Capitals Saturday and Sunday. Of course, tomorrow's game in Boston is part of that ABC uh, afternoon doubleheader uh, on national TV, so we're looking forward to that. And the thing is, other than uh, Tomas Noshik they missed because he was playing pretty well, and of course, DeBrusque uh, is someone that was off to a great start before he got injured, but other than that, it's a relatively healthy hockey team. The entire blue line, Jimmy, is yeah. healthy. Grizzlick, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Forbert, Clifton. Everybody's uh, back there on that uh, blue line and most of the forwards. So still, this scary season, season that, it's pretty good to see. Yeah, I mean, that blue line could actually improve if Don Sweeney has his way uh, before the NHL tra trade deadline. I mean, you guys have heard the reports, but I'm just telling you, I'm hearing the same thing. They are seriously after Jacob Chikrin in Arizona. And yeah. you one of many teams. Line, can you yeah. imagine Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm, and Jacob Chikrin? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. On your same blue line. I mean, yeah. So you know what? I go for it. You try to make this move because you're right. This is like the last year together for the band, potentially. Yeah. Let's be honest. And, but that move helps you in the future, too, guys. I mean, Chikrin's cheap. He's coming in cheap at a bargain price for another two years after this. So yeah. you're you're set. You're there's no rebuild going on. I mean, there's been a lot of talk that, yeah, they're going for it. And then we're going to see little, they're going to, you know, kind of go backwards a bit and rebuild a bit. If Bergeron and Krejci go or they win the cup. I don't see that right now. I don't think that's the plan with the, you know, the things that Don Sweeney's trying to do right now. So they're going to be a very interesting team to follow as this deadline gets closer. Yeah. Yeah. And they expect them to be active. And I'm sure they're going to be working the phones, finding ways to improve this team. And you're right, that the blue line's pretty solid. The one thing you do get the occasional, and Carlos sometimes the whipping boy, you know, I find among brand yeah. uh, Austin Bruins fans, especially some of the gaps he's had. And during that losing streak, there was a couple against Florida and Carolina that 
he had that, you know, and the Bruins fans are saying, that's oh, the big bad Bruins thing, guys. I mean, look, yeah. Marlowe is what he is, but because he's so big, he's so tall and he's two something, it's just automatic. You, you know, they get this tag put on him and he's supposed to be a big bad bruising defenseman like Char or something. It's, yeah. it, it's not always the case. I mean, I look back, I'm showing my age, but if you guys remember Hal Gill, I mean, Hal yeah. Gill was the same way. He was a local kid and he was huge. He came in and he just wasn't that guy. He was he was good. He was a good skater. He he could set up some offense. He could turn defense into offense, but he just wasn't what they wanted him to be. And then he turned into a shutdown guy when he went to Pittsburgh. But you know, yeah. I see Carlo the same way. But I I I don't know if Carlo is going to be on this team that much longer. I'll I'll put that out there. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, could be uh, some movement there. And uh, yeah, he just and Hal Gill was just one of those guys where he gets caught in a, 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 a he's not getting back. You know, he yeah. always had to be in great position. You know, use that reach, use that big uh, uh, stick. Use a tree trunk. Exactly. Yeah. But <laughs> if, he, if he was in the right defensive position oh. and posture, yeah, good luck trying to score with him. Well, on you the understand ice. he's not a top four guy. He is what yeah. he is. Like, he's a great third pairing guy. It's kind of like Derek yeah. Forbert, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think they've gotten a ton of mileage out of Derek Forbert this mm -hmm. year, uh, the uh, Boston Bruins. And like I say, and then if you were to add a chicker into that group, wow. Uh, that is, and well, it's already a big Marlo, defense. Yep. Somebody's got to go. I mean, yep. you got to look at it like it's got to be either Carlo or Grizzly that would be going the other way if yep. that happens. But I can't see them keeping all those guys. No, yeah, you'd probably have to part with one of your regular six. There's no question yep. about that. One of your starting six would have to go back the other way uh, in a trade. No question. All right, that is the Friday show. Great stuff. Great to have Jimmy with us on Fridays uh, as uh, well. We will be back to wrap with best bets right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ice guys that's promo code ice guys all one word i-c-e-g-u-y-s at manscaped.com if my math is correct that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com using the promo code ice guys you get the performance package 4.0 it is a game changer the lawnmower 4.0 it takes care of this among other things uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant. Keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim. That's what it's all about. And Manscaped.com can help you out with that so make sure you take advantage of this manscape.com 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we are back here on the ice, guys, and ready for best bets here to wrap up this edition of the show again. Our super bet cast tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, not long after our daily Saturday show wraps up. So DM me or email bobano350 at gmail.com, and we will send you the StreamYard link for the uh, all-day, all-night super bet cast uh, before it begins. All right, best bets. Alex, uh, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, we're going 1901 West Madison, uh, Blackhawks, Coyotes. We're going with the draw plus 325. Four of the last eight meetings have gone to overtime or a shootout. These are two teams that have just always kind of played each other tight and tough. And uh, it's the irony that, you know, neither team really should be trying to earn any points, but I think they're both going to at least get one here. Let's go Arizona, Chicago. Regulation draw plus 325. That's my best bet for Friday. All right, Arizona-Chicago draw plus 325. Alex uh, B. Smith with his best bet. Jimmy Murphy, best bet. What do you got? Well, boys, I'm going to take it outside of the rink, and I'm just going to say fly, Eagles, fly. Give me the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. I like them big. There we go. We'll, we'll allow that. It's a it's Super Bowl weekend. Uh, that can be the best bet. It is the Super Bowl after all. Philadelphia Eagles, there you go. Uh, money line against the uh, Kansas City uh, Chiefs. Uh, with his uh, best bet, Jimmy Murphy, for this uh, Friday edition of the show. We love having Jimmy with us on Fridays. All right, and my best bet for this uh, Friday slate, uh, I'm going to rock with um, – I'm going back and forth here. Uh, let's do the let's do the Leafs and the Jackets uh, over 6.5. We'll go with that. Toronto-Columbus over 6.5 uh, for my best bet. Uh, I think we'll see some goals. I think Toronto will score on this Columbus team that can give them up. You know, Samsonov's not nearly been as sharp on the road. And we have five of the last six meetings between the Leafs and Blue Jackets have gone over the total with at least seven goals scored. So uh, Toronto Columbus over six and a half for my best bet for this Friday NHL card. And that's a wrap for this Friday edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. We're on as usual on uh, for our noon Eastern show on Saturday tomorrow. Uh, it'll be me and Alex. Uh, it'll be uh, every game starting with Tampa Bay Dallas tomorrow. Uh, on the Saturday Daily Show, and we'll do the remaining, I believe, nine games that are scheduled on the uh, Saturday card, starting with Tampa Bay, Dallas, and then it'll be maybe a little break between the end of that show and then the uh, BetCast, and we will get that going right at 2 p.m. Eastern sharp. So what a day. What a Saturday, Alex, we're going to have tomorrow. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. I'm getting super excited. Yeah, no doubt. So come one, come all. Uh, for the uh, uh, BetCast tomorrow, Super BetCast starting at 2 p.m. Eastern. Great stuff. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. By the way, sign up, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. I, like a dummy, forgot to uh, upload the Jimmy Murphy storytime segment yesterday. We'll get that posted right after this show uh, on the uh, Patreon page. It was a great segment with Jimmy, some great stories. So, again, for our Patreon subscribers only, exclusive to them, you can see that. And all the other great content we have exclusively at Patreon, including the daily uh, Ice Guys show betting card. Sign up at patreon.com slash iceguys, uh, just uh, $10 a month. 
uh, good stuff there. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will see you again tomorrow for our daily show and the Super Betcast, courtesy of the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. 